Experts claim there is nothing tougher than a diamond. But at Diamonds Direct, we beg to differ. Have you ever met a mother? Strong, radiant, timeless. This Mother's Day, give her the gift that meets her match. With diamond jewelry starting at $200, plus Diamonds Direct's exceptional quality and unbeatable everyday price, you're sure to give her a gift that wows this generation and the next to come. Experience the thrill of jewelry shopping done right at Diamonds Direct. Diamonds Direct. Your love, our passion. With everything you have on your plate, earning your degree online seems impossible. But at Grand Canyon University, we specialize in helping you fit a master's degree in education into your busy day. Your graduation team, led by your own GCU counselor, provides you with the personal support you need to succeed. Achieve your goals with a plan and team behind you. Find your purpose at Grand Canyon University. Visit gcu.edu. I'm Saleha Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C. We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take D.C. on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. From the Abraham Lincoln Radio Studio at the George Washington Broadcast Center. Jack Armstrong and Joe Getty. The Armstrong and Getty Show. Seas Kingdom! Y'all hear this? We've been fighting for all right all day. How about a little Viva Las Vegas? Viva Las Vegas! The exuberant Travis Kelsey after the Kansas City Chiefs win yesterday. I heard some women on one of the uh, morning TV sh- talk shows talking about Taylor uh, hugging and kissing him and him having his arm around her and, and talking about how he must have smelled like a horse after four hours of that football game. <laughs> yeah, long, long And, uh, you know, he's got his arm around her, like right around her head, and it's like, oof. That's man musk, Jack. That's good stuff. Uh, okay, you tell That's me. It's intoxicating to the little ladies. Um, uh, an actual uh, thing I thought was interesting, I saw an interview with uh, Andy Reid, the coach of the Chiefs, during the game, talking about earlier in the year where Travis Kelsey, among others, were throwing helmets and tipping things over and yelling at each other, and, and how he talked them about how, let's. I, I like the energy, I like the spirit, I like the caring, but that's completely unproductive. And you could, you could apply this at the workplace. You, all that energy is going towards something that we accomplish nothing. Like, let's take all that energy of unhappiness with the way things are going and turn it into, you know, something positive, into getting better, which is pretty mm-hmm. good. Pretty good way to look at things. You get nothing out of the expo- expelling all that energy toward just, like, knocking something over or bitching. Right. 100%. That's good Good leadership. That's why he's been so successful. One of the reasons. Oh, speaking of great leadership, ladies and gents, I give you... Alejandro Mayorkas. It certainly is a crisis, and well, we don't bear responsibility for a broken system, and we're doing a tremendous amount within that broken system. But fundamentally, fundamentally, Congress is the only one who can fix it. It's tough to pick a winner of people in the Biden administration I have no faith in whatsoever. 
and who who's at the top of that list with Anthony Blinken and uh, and some of the others. But God, that Mayorkas is a piece of work. I watched that whole interview. He, I'm I completely changed my mind. I'm a yes vote on impeachment now. He is a piece of crap. That the border is secure. You talk about He's, leadership ability we were just talking about with the coach. Oh. He's got no leadership. He's got nothing. He is the definition of a flat, worthless bureaucrat. He is a character from a movie that's a little over the top. Okay, I get it. This is the guy I'm supposed to hate. Okay, right. it's a little yeah. too much. But My job yeah. as a bureaucrat is to keep my job and to draw no attention to my department and never change anything. We've all worked with people like this. Uh, my job is just to stay here. I don't want to change anything for better or worse. I just want to stay in my job and keep my head down and keep pushing papers around. God, he is worthless. And I will say whatever serves that goal, whether it's 100% dishonest or occasionally, by coincidence, 100% honest. It one doesn't thing, matter. One thing I do, I do not get, and maybe books will be written about this at some point. So you got like an 18% approval rate on immigration. 87% of Americans think the president's mentally unfit to be president. Yet you're still going to go with, well, that's just your opinion. That's not what people think. On both of those issues. Yeah. What? Everybody can see with their own eyes. You're not doing anything about the border. So it would, I mean, just politically, even if you're, all you care about is your own self-interest, whether it's right or wrong, I would think acknowledging the border is a, is a mistake and we need to do something about it and, and taking some um, uh, uh, credit slash blame for the current situation, like you acting like you care, just sound like you care. That's a, even if you did that, it would be amazing. Sound like you care at all. It is, uh, like, played out to the extreme, the strategy of never admit, admit a mistake and just, you know, ch- change the policy well, quietly that's, that's behind the scenes. But before the, that's perfectly fine before um, the uh, uh, perception sets in. But the perception is already oh, yeah. set in on these stories. I know, that's, that's precisely what I'm saying. This is that strategy taken to an absurd extreme to to think that that's a better idea than saying, hey, some of the Trump stuff ended because the courts, some of it was racist or cruel. I'm, I'm, I'm crafting a message for the Democrats here. Uh, and so we had to back off of that, obviously. But if we overcorrected, we're committed to, to fixing it now. We are committed to securing the border. Blah, blah, blah. But no, they just pretend that it's fine. Or they blame the process or Republicans or whatever. Anyway, uh, back to the th- the main thread of the discussion. A couple of pieces of journalism, uh, journalism recently. Here's an editorial from a gal in the Wall Street Journal um, who states it rather plainly. A concrete jungle where bad dreams are made of. Migrants have learned that there's nothing they can't do in New York from shoplifting to assault. And goes into a number of high-profile crimes and beatings and shootings and the people being turned loose on the street over and over again. The combination of the influx of uh, desperate illegal immigrants, many of whom were criminals when they came over. And, as she says, it's hard to ignore the link between the city's retreat from prosecuting nonviolent offenses... Uh, misdemeanor arrests for dangerous drugs, for instance, plunged by, plunged by 94%. In the last decade, the end of stop-and-frisk policing and the rise in violence. Innocent New Yorkers pay the price sometimes with their lives. No wonder so many are migrating to Florida. And then this I found so interesting. Denver is furious about the immigration crisis. 
Uh, standing in his downtown office Tuesday, Denver Mayor Mike Johnston, Johnston? Yeah, got a word that the Senate bill to overhaul U.S. asylum law was doomed. He shook his head as the optimism drained from his face. Washington once again had failed to solve his busy, busy I'm sorry, his biggest civic problem. Denver's got about 713,000 people. It's absorbed nearly 40,000 immigrants, uh, even the Wall Street Journal calling them migrants, inexplicably all of a sudden. Uh, 40,000 immigrants in little over a year, more per capita than any other U.S. city, uh, second only to New York in the total number of foreigners who've arrived since 2022. Now, why why are you upset? I thought you welcomed that sort of thing. Were they a sanctuary city? They probably were. I don't know. But this is, it's a little frustrating. It's almost, it's good, I guess, that those of us on the right side of the aisle have been saying precisely this for a very long time. But the influx is straining the city's budget, crowding schools and hospitals, and swelling the ranks of the city's homeless population. Denver has spent more than $42 million in the past year to house and feed the new arrivals. And this makes me angry because I read so much stuff from... Some people that I like about the, um, uh, you know, how important immigration is and we should all welcome it and the reasons it's good. What are you freaking talk about? Have you never lived anywhere where this happens? Your schools don't work anymore. Your kid can't learn anymore because the school can't function. You can't take your kid to the hospital because the hospitals don't work anymore. If you have an emergency, go to the ER. Why am I supposed to like that? Why would I embrace that? Diversity is our greatest strength. They reply with greeting card rhetoric. No, a study shows that 3% economic growth. I don't care. My school doesn't work. So, once again, the city of not even three-quarters of a million people has spent $42 million in the past year to house and feed the uh, new immigrants. Public schools have ballooned by more than 3,000 students, many of whom don't speak English. Almost Uh-oh. all of them almost all of them don't speak English, guaranteed, and probably a whole bunch of different languages. How is your school going to deal with that? How in the hell well, is your teacher going to teach a class at that point? They mentioned in the Wall Street Journal, the, the primary fact they want to throw at you is that it's created a budget shortfall in schools of roughly $17.5 million. Now, that's a crisis, obviously, but I would argue the main point is the one you made, Jack, that the educators can't educate when they're taking breaks from teaching the kids about gender-bending madness and being transgender and whatever else. But So you've got utter dysfunction of the educational process and an incredible rise in expense. Pointing Honest that out God. almost cost us our careers early on. If you Maybe you don't know this wherever you're living in the country. This hasn't happened. But honest to God, this is the way it works for, for, for some teachers. My own kids have seen this before. The teacher teaches, you know, about George Washington or how to read or uh, the importance of uh, uh, being non-binary or whatever they're teaching, and then says it into Google Translate and whatever language for a couple of other kids that are in the class that didn't understand that. How much do you suppose that damages the ability to teach everybody? Well, because the English-speaking kids just sit there or are told to read Chapter 4 or whatever while the teacher launches into a weak attempt, and it's not their fault. No. Uh, not an attempt not. to educate the kids in the Spanish language. Ridiculous. Anyway, I'm, I'm not even done. Uh, so that's uh, the money. The, the, the city's safety net hospital has seen at least 9,000 migrant patients in the past year, costing at least $10 million in unreimbursed care. Uh, 
This is, as you've said many times, the greatest failure of democracy we've ever witnessed. Yeah, it really is. It really is. Because the vast majority of people uh, want a secure border and an orderly system and the laws enforced. And then we can differ over the number of people we let in. But we haven't even come close to getting there. And now, once again, a man whose skull is completely numb, numb skull, Alejandro Mayorkas. They're baseless allegations, and that's why uh, I really am not distracted by them and focused on the work of the Department of Homeland Security. I'm inspired every single day by the remarkable work that 260,000 men and women in our department perform on behalf of the American public. I've got a busy day today after the show, a busy day of work. I've got a busy day Monday. Tuesday, Wednesday, and so on. <laughs> I thought that was Thursday hilarious. and Friday, maybe? I that was hilarious. I'm busy Monday. I'm busy Tuesday. I'm busy Wednesday. And then finally it kicked into his head. This is starting to sound ridiculous. And so on. <laughs> uh, I, part, of, part of it is, I mean, I hate the policy and the topic. But part of it is I hate bureaucrats. I hate them. I've, I've, I've had them in my life in the you know, private sector. The people that are just paper pushers, follow the rules, keep your head down, status quo people. Hate them. Sucks the life out of me. Couple more figures for you. In New York, uh, the city will spend $10.6 billion caring for migrants through 2025. We have nothing. We uh, are proud of the work we're doing every single day. Monday, Tuesday. Wednesday and and so on. San Diego is San Diego County spending an estimated million dollars a month. Chicago has spent more than one hundred and fifty six million dollars on its migrant response since June twenty twenty two. And in Denver, nearly every corner of the city has been affected by the rising immigrant population. Why is everybody saying migrant? Uh, as many as a hundred arrive on some days, fueled into city provided hotels where they receive two meals a day. Immigrant men unable to work legally are visible throughout the city, offering to wash windshields for change at crowded intersections and selling food or flowers to passing cars. Uh, if I was Christian Walker from Meet the Press, I would have had to have followed up with that. Uh, we can only assume that then, then it would be Thursday, Friday, and then maybe if it was a weekend, Saturday and Sunday, and then it would repeat again on the following Monday. <laughs> <laughs> Nail him down. That's right. Don't let him wiggle out with his and so on. What do you mean? <laughs> You know what? You gotta okay. laugh to keep from crying. Oh God, I our, hate that guy. Our, it feels like our our empire is crumbling, doesn't it? Wow. Yeesh. Did you know? Even though we have fun every year with the prop bets you can make in the Super Bowl, they are illegal almost everywhere now. Finally, I think Maryland was the last state to make most of those prop bets illegal. Like how illegal? Long, illegal. Like how really? long the national anthem is and that sort of stuff. Read a long article about why that is, and it's pretty funny and pretty interesting. Maybe I'll get to that later. I actually won ten bucks on the coin flip. Did you yesterday? You I bet did. on a coin flip. Yeah, and then I lost twenty on the game. Same guy. Mm. Wow, a coin flip really has. Well, it's a coin flip. He's a good friend, but he's a bit of a degenerate. <laughs> and, uh, I, I took him for ten bucks to make a point. A lot more on the way. Stay here. I've got a busy day Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, and so on. <laughs> Armstrong and Getty. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. 
Western nations like the U.S. and Europe. Mexico will likely have its first female president. And then you have China. And help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters. He'll get his yo-yos to Europe in time. But the longer this drags on, the more worry he's getting. They knew that they needed to do this as fast as they possibly could to get a drug on the market as fast as they could. I'm David Gura. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleya Mosin. We cover the stories behind what's moving money and markets. Basically, everyone was expecting, if not a calamity, certainly a recession. But the problem is that that paperwork, as our reporting showed, is fake. As someone who's covering the market, I'm often very worried about an imminent collapse. I'm thinking about it quite often. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleya Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C. We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. It's an election year, so there's a lot of focus on the voters that TikTok is reaching. The initial reaction is like, oh, things are looking so resilient. I don't want to be too pessimistic, but I just don't see the political will down in Washington right now to, to change their tune. I think the American electorate has been signaling that it expects a rematch of the 2020 election. These are unprecedented times. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Imagine you ask two people the same exact set of seven questions. I'm Minnie Driver, and this was the idea I set out to explore in my podcast, Mini Questions. This year, we bring a whole new group of guests to answer the same seven questions, including actress and star of the mega-hit sitcom Friends, Courtney Cox. You can't go around it, so you just go through it. This is a roadblock. It's going to catch you down the road. Go through it. Deal with it. Comedian, writer, and star of the series Catastrophe, Rob Delaney. I shouldn't feel guilty about my son's death. He died of a brain tumor. It's part of what happens when your kid dies. Intellectually, you'll understand that it's not your fault, but you'll still feel guilty. Alt-rock icon, Liz Fair. That personal disaster wrote Guyville. So everything comes out of a dead end. And many, many more. Join me on season three of Mini Questions on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your favorite podcasts. Seven questions, limitless answers. Oh, crap. That's a really good gift. Now we gotta get France something. Wait, we could use Etsy's new gift mode. Yes. What do the French like? Anyone? Cheese. They like cheese. Brilliant. Done. <laughs> and then we send them some cheese and crackers. <laughs> I like him looking out the window and see the Statue of Liberty come in on the boat. Oh, crap. That's a really good gift. <laughs> Funny. So, the Super Bowl winners, if you win the game, every player gets $164,000. The losers get $89,000. But, of course, it matters a lot to your salary how big a deal that is to you. For instance, if you're Brock Purdy, who made $870,000 last year, well, that's 20% of his salary that he got. He would have gotten for winning the Super Bowl, which, you know, is meaningful. That would, like, actually factor into your spending plans. On the other hand, 
Patrick Mahomes made something like $40 million last year between salary and endorsements and another $164,000, you know, of which you're going to get a tiny amount after taxes and agent. He's Probably not even gave gonna, that to his maid as I, a tip. I doubt anybody even told him it was going to be, you know, coming in. The losers got $89,000. I was expecting the entire game for the 49ers to win because it looked like they were going to. And I was wondering if I, shouldn't I get a Super Bowl ring? I mean, like everybody in the organization, you know, down to the water boy gets a Super Bowl ring whenever a team wins. And I just feel Mm -hmm. like me having burned my hat after they lost three games in a row, having just bought the hat, I don't know. I just feel like I deserved a ring. Well, clearly your hat burning was too little too late. Uh, yeah. I don't know precisely how you're to blame, but you are. I'm certain of it. Yeah. Um. Uh. No player got in trouble. It doesn't seem like in big trouble anyway in Las Vegas during the week. There was some predictions by Joe Buck, legendary Super Bowl announcer, that somebody was going to have a a bad night in Las Vegas. The temptation was just too big, but they they stayed out of trouble. It seems like. I guess it was just because Las Vegas is so obviously a den of debauchery that the league went crazy trying to prevent it. But it's not like other Super Bowl cities, uh, you know, debauchery is hard to find. I mean, right. if they the Super Bowl's in Salt Lake City, maybe you could let down your guard a little bit. But otherwise, come on. If you're a young millionaire, you can find whatever it is you're looking for to uh, do on a on a party night, I'm sure. That's what I hear, Yes. Yeah, I uh, I ate poorly during the Super Bowl. Ate really poorly yesterday. I got to have a good week to bounce back. You're supposed to, aren't you? Yeah, exactly. It's a national holiday. Right. Um, a lot of good stuff on the way. Stay with us if you miss a segment. Get the podcast. Armstrong and Getty. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. Western nations like the U.S. and Europe Mexico will likely have its first female president. And then you have China. And help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters. He'll get his yo-yos to Europe in time. But the longer this drags on, the more worry he's getting. They knew that they needed to do this as fast as they possibly could to get a drug on the market as fast as they could. I'm David Gura. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleh Mosin. We cover the stories behind what's moving money and markets. Basically, everyone was expecting, if not a calamity, certainly a recession. But the problem is that that paperwork, as our reporting showed, is fake. As someone who's covering the market, I'm often very worried about an imminent collapse. So I'm thinking about it quite often. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleya Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take DC. We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. It's an election year, so there's a lot of focus on the voters that TikTok is reaching. The initial reaction is like, oh, things are looking so resilient. I don't want to be too pessimistic, but I just don't see the political will down in Washington right now to to change their tune. I think the American electorate has been signaling that it expects a rematch of the 2020 election. These are unprecedented times. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. 
Imagine you ask two people the same exact set of seven questions. I'm Minnie Driver, and this was the idea I set out to explore in my podcast, Mini Questions. This year, we bring a whole new group of guests to answer the same seven questions, including actress and star of the mega hit sitcom Friends, Courtney Cox. You can't go around it, so you just go through it. This is a roadblock. It's going to catch you down the road. Go through it. Deal with it. Comedian, writer, and star of the series Catastrophe, Rob Delaney. I shouldn't feel guilty about my son's death. He died of a brain tumor. It's part of what happens when your kid dies. Intellectually, you'll understand that it's not your fault, but you'll still feel guilty. Alt-rock icon, Liz Fair. That personal disaster wrote Guyville. So everything comes out of a dead end. And many, many more. Join me on season three of Mini Questions on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your favorite podcasts. Seven questions, limitless answers. The Armstrong and Getty Show. Second and ten, Niners up three nothing. Purdy going to throw a double pass. Back to Juwan Jennings. A throwback across the field to McCaffrey. He's got it. 20, 10, 5, touchdown! San Francisco! CMC enter the Dragon, baby! Six points on a trick play! I might have, if I hadn't been watching with my kids who wanted to watch the game and we had all these snacks... I might have turned off the game and went and done something else at that point since I was rooting for the Chiefs. Because I just, they were being so dominated on both sides of the ball. It's like, what, whatever, this game's, then they can't hang. They can't hang with the 49ers. You fool! I would have been a fool. Yeah. Uh, so this aired from Joe Biden. Joe Biden cut this for the Super Bowl. I'll read what the reply was from our friend Timothy Sander before we play it for you. This is entirely the government's fault. Not that of a private industry, and you know it, and everyone knows it. This is pure demagoguery from the president. Mm-hmm. Here's President Biden. The Super Bowl Sunday. If you're anything like me, you like to be surrounded by a snack or two while watching the big game. You know, when buying snacks for the game, you might have noticed one thing. Sports drinks bottles are smaller. A bag of chips has fewer chips, but they're still charging it just as much. And as an ice cream lover, what makes me the most angry is that ice cream cartons have actually shrunk in size, but not in price. I've had enough of what they call shrinkflation. It's a ripoff. Some companies are trying to pull a fast one by shrinking the products little by little and hoping you won't notice. Give me a break. The American public is tired of being played for suckers. I'm calling on companies to put a stop to this. Let's make sure businesses do the right thing now. Okay, all is fair in love and politics, but hey, media, you don't get to act like Trump and people on the right or fact check all kinds of the number of lies. Give me a break. That is just crap. Wow. Wow. People misunderstand economics. They don't understand how it works. And he was exploiting that cruelly and dishonestly and blatantly but so in his mind they're just uh doing this to keep extra profit it's not because of inflation this is what the companies decided and i think they're probably right well initially they were right at this point i don't think so but initially the idea was we can't raise the price people will notice right away the prices have gone up they'll stop buying oreos or whatever 
So we'll just make the package a little smaller. Well, now it's laughable. The packages of everything are so small. It's just hilarious. But it uh, kept the price the same. At this point, I think you're better off. Bring back bring back the old size. It's just as handier. Bring back the old size and raise the price. I end up in the same spot, but I don't have to carry five boxes of Wheaties to equal one box. I would agree completely. Yeah. Hey, Michael, I want to interview you here. This is kind of a tangent, but having listened to that uh, commercial, I didn't hear it last night. Uh, So as you, a gentleman who works in the audio production world, specifically in the world of digital audio production, if you were, say, let me think of a scenario, working with a couple of uh, uh, fumbling, bumbling morons and had to churn out audio that sounds coherent, is that pretty easy to edit digitally? Yeah, yeah, it is. Yeah, and so somebody explained to me why there were like half a dozen words there that the president said that I wasn't sure what the word was. Is he so slurring and incoherent it would take too long to get a take? I mean, because you can have him, uh, Mr. President, can you repeat that one line about no. uh, a carton of ice cream, please? I don't think And then that's you it. digitally, it's easy, it's effortless to uh, edit that in. I don't think that's it. I think I think it is, I think it's obviously... Nobody is in a position for whatever reason where they can tell him that. Otherwise, somebody mm. would get to him and say, "Hey, you got to step stop telling the story about the fire at your house. It is landing very poorly." Or, "Hey, you're spelling Afghanistan wrong." Or, "Hey, I mean, you can come up with a hundred different examples of nobody's going to tell him because I get they're afraid they'll get fired or yelled at or something." But yeah, somebody should have said, "Hey, you really slurred that whole." Or just ask him to repeat the line. I don't. I don't know. Uh, but you do make a good point. Judging by that press conference the other night, he is an angry old bastard. And so bringing sure, up to him, to pressure. Sarah, you're coming off as an angry old bastard is about the one, the last thing on earth you want to say to an angry old bastard. I had a. Uh, I got one from um, uh, James Carvel that kind of kind of fits in that. Let me find that real quick. James Carvel. Um, Democratic strategist got Bill Clinton elected. It's getting pretty old now, but he um, he he was horrified at Biden's performance the other night in the press conference and everything like that. And he said uh, he was talking about Biden skipping the Super Bowl interview. It's the biggest television audience, not even close. And you get a chance to do a 20, 25 minute interview on that day and you don't do it. That's a sign that the staff or yourself doesn't have much confidence in you. There's no other way to read this. Mm hmm. They don't have a confidence of putting him out there. Now, they did, did point out in this news outlet that Trump skipped the Super Bowl uh, interview in 2018. Yeah, because of the, the incredible, unfair, unfriendly environment he'd be going into. Why would you want to set yourself up for that? Biden's got the opposite situation. Mm-hmm. Yeah. At the height of Russiagate, the just obsessed frothing media no that was a completely different question trump walking into that as opposed to biden taking his favorite uh, uh wooden bat that corn cob uh, <laughs> sold him back in the day corn pop whatever his name was <laughs> and corn pop and doing, was a bad dude and and doing a little softball batting practice come on oh yeah they would no, ask they're him too afraid they would ask him quickly who are you rooting for you played football in high school didn't you were you pretty good what kind of snacks will you have at the game those would have been the questions the hardest question might have been, uh, the American people seem negative about the economy, even though the numbers are excellent. Right. What are they not understanding? Right. Exactly. That is exactly he's, right. He's an incoherent mess. They couldn't chance it. Which, again, as Carville pointed out, there's only one way to interpret that. God.
God, blaming the stores for inflation. That is rich. Inflation is a tax, a tax that a government puts on you by printing excess money. What a perfect time to bring you a message from our friends at Oxford Gold Group. Uh, they've got a great deal for you, and I'm on the wrong page. A lot of people are on the fence about owning gold and silver. Not sure why. You've already heard about uh, the regional bank closures, inflation, global instability. Uh, it's now Now's a great time to look into gold. Yeah, Um and Oxford Gold Group is the way to do it. You can buy gold and silver. You know, you can't predict the future, but you can predict the gold and silver will hold their value. It's really easy to do. They're pros. They make owning gold and silver simple and easy to understand. Just call Oxford Gold Group right now, and you might qualify to, for the... Hmm. I'm Joe Biden. And you may qualify for up to $10,000 in free precious metals. How cool is that? So if you're paying attention to global events and American events and you're concerned gold is a great hedge against inflation, call 833-995-GOLD, 833-995-GOLD. Again, for the guide or to actually invest, either way, 833-995-GOLD. Gold, I tell you! Silver and gold, silver and gold. Trump v. Biden. No. Can't be. We don't have to talk about it for nine months, do we? Nah. No, 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 no. Surely not. I liked, uh, I liked the uh, the thinker that you quoted the other day. He was saying, hey, if there's a 100% certainty you're going to lose the game, then don't tell me why you can't upset the board and start again with yeah, a, yeah. say, boot, you know, talk Biden into leaving or replace Kamala Harris at the very least. Well, we, we t- there's no way to do that, you know, in a dignified way. What are you talking about? Well, let me hit you with my one of my, I think my favorite thing I read over the weekend um, about this situation. Uh, from... Mark Halpern, if I can find it. Tease something and I will find it. Oh, you know what I forgot to do when we were talking about immigration in New York and Denver was a statement out of uh, some of the leaders of Chicago. We asked for this. They're blaming the progressive left sanctuary city deal for their crisis. And uh, everybody knows it. Right. Go ahead. Yep. So um, this is Mark Halpern's newsletter over the weekend after all this stuff had happened, the news the news conference that went so poorly and the report coming out and everything like that, and him blaming the dominant media for, for us ending up in this situation as a country. The dominant media, along with Merrick Gar- Garland, deserves a lot of blame. Over the last six years, the press has contributed mightily to getting us to this spot by protecting Biden, by all but ignoring negative stories such as Hunter, by downplaying the president's obvious physical and mental decline by not thoroughly investigating and asking the clear questions using doctors and medical experts and basic seasoned journalism. The media literally ignored hundreds of red flags about how serious Biden's condition is. And they have for the most part abandoned their jobs and put the country into blue red chaos and to an unthinkable jeopardy. It's not the press's job to play gotcha or to force someone out of the race, but the dominant media overly and overtly protected and covered for Biden in a way that almost defies description. And now we are in this situation. That is what happens. You know, you ignore reality, you ignore the truth. You back you backed the country into a corner. Right, right. For generations, the idea was, I might not like what this brings, but these facts should be known. 
And they print them. They write them. They analyze them. But no, now it's uh, I have one outcome that I will serve. And if a particular story doesn't serve that outcome, I will ignore it. And and but as Halpern points out, and I don't think he's being over dramatic either. It's not like the stakes are minor. It's not like you're being polite and telling grandma, "Oh, these pork chops are delicious," as you try desperately <laughs> to gnaw your way through it. No, this is like the sort of geopolitics that spends millions of lives when it's gotten wrong. Right. So I wonder if journalism will will this be a lesson for journalism if uh, if Trump wins? Uh, when Trump oh. wins. Um, uh, that, hey, maybe we better just call them as we see them because you don't know how things are going to play out. A lefty journalism, which is most journalism. Um, because you, you this, this is something Mark Halpern has been writing for a year or more now. Trump wins. The dominant media played a major role in that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, in answer to your question, and I hate to be just, you know, unrelentingly cynical, you know, the one thing we learn from history is that we learn nothing from history. I suspect very strongly that there will be, uh, you know, uh, brilliantly written editorials expressing what Halpern's trying to say uh, in all of the major suspect pub- publications, and they will own it and say, we need to go into the hinterlands and better understand our jobs and the American people. And six months later, they will have forgotten it completely. Possibly, but I would say the Sunday talk shows yesterday, man, they were like a dog on a bone. They would not let go of this topic, and all the guests they had on there kept trying to change the subject or move on to something else, and they would not let them. It was all about Biden, Biden's brain, and I don't mm. know how long that will last, but uh, like you were saying on Friday, it's possible they all just, they've been wanting to say it because they have more information than we do. They talk to people behind, they, they know more about behind the scenes than we do. So they have mm. just been chomping at the bit for the opportunity to finally say, the guy's brain is shot. You'd think. It's going to be fun to watch if you can pretend that it is not uh, like the most important thing happening on Earth. Uh, right. And again, I was among a, a number of fine folks over the weekend chatting about politics more than usual, um, which I think means something, too. But it, it was funny. The mood ranged back and forth between despair and like humor, gallows humor. And then people would realize that's it's just not funny. This is serious. But then they'd realize this is so absurd. It's kind of funny, but no, it's not funny. I suspect we have like nine months of that to come. Goody. In the modern version of overtime in the NFL, if you win the coin toss, you want to kick the ball away. You want the ball second. That is just Correct. clearly purely factually the best strategy so you know whether you just need a field goal or you must score a touchdown right right Right. and uh why the 49ers did the opposite nobody knows Uh, i can't imagine hadn't occurred to me at the time uh but i'm not paid to think of that (laughs) right and a whole bunch of people are paid a lot of money to think of that and they made the wrong decision Whoops. Anyway, somebody's being yelled at for that. A bunch of stuff on the way. Stay here. Armstrong and Getty. The Armstrong and Getty Show. Last year, she came to my work. Now I got to show her what I can do. What up, folks? For your consideration, here comes the Boston Massacre. The Donkeys. Touchdown, Tommy on MP. 
Thank you for the support, man. How do you like them donuts? I'm so sorry. You had to see it, but I forgive you. <laughs> Lay us on the track. Are we going to be on the album? We talked about this. Let's go. Tom, you can stay. You remember when I told you I'd do anything for you? This is anything. Chill. They're naming a drink after us. Matt Damon is uh, really, really funny. <laughs> In that commercial. Yeah, that was the uh, Ben Affleck, Dunkin' Donuts, Dancing for J-Lo thing. With Tom Brady? Right. Uh, yeah. Matt Damon made it. He made it. <laughs> Hitting the punchline so dryly because he was annoyed. <laughs> I'm so sorry. <laughs> <laughs> so I was just thinking about this. The, uh, the whole uh, Travis Kelsey assaulting an elderly man on the field. Uh, story mm, from yes. the Super Bowl. Why wasn't he jailed? Because of progressive uh, justice uh, policies. <laughs> um, is this another example of everything being so over the top now that like nothing makes a mark? I feel like I mean, because you know, I, wow, I hate to tie yeah. this. I hate to tie this one with politics, but remember, you lied was such a big deal. Now everybody screams at everybody all the time, and nobody even notices. And I feel like like twenty years ago, the star player. Practically knocking down the head coach, screaming at him, would have been a huge story. But sure, if Dwight just... Clark had gone nuts on the sidelines and about knocked Bill Walsh over, yeah, people would talk about it for years. But now it's just, yeah, everything's nuts all the time, so. I, I, what, what's the steroid policy in the, in the NFL? Because I've watched a lot of Chiefs games, and uh, Travis Kelsey in the last month has gone completely over the top. What else, like haywire. What else happened at the same time? Sweet, sweet, swifty love. <laughs> um, uh, uh, maybe that's it. But he's like enraged all the time. Like uh, the AFC Championship game, he like yeah. had to be restrained from fighting guys every other play. Yeah. I thought, man, what's gotten into him? He's enthusiastic, but he's never been like out of control. Like he's got a head full of blow or something. Well, no, you, maybe I think he took a hit to the head. Do you? Apparently, he's always been that way. I don't know. You, maybe you didn't see the interview that um, they did with Andy Reid, but when they first got Travis Kelsey, his big challenge was calming the guy down because he was so out of control. He yeah, wow. Okay, I just I was unaware yeah, of it. Yeah, he couldn't control his temper, and directing that the right way was one of the big challenges in, in, in getting him to be a, a productive player. So apparently, he's always been that way. Yeah, I understand that football is... is by definition, angry, violent behemoths, but uh, a dude that big and strong who can't control his, te- his temper, that's not good. You can't knock your coach down. Uh, we well, have and, something... And, and he didn't. Damn Fat Andy, Andy stayed on his hooves, to his credit. <laughs> Fat Andy stayed on that his hooves. That was out of line, and I apologize for it. I retract it. Okay, yeah, pl- pl- play the little explanation here. When you and Andy Reid had that, what I call a very engaging conversation. Oh, you guys saw you guys saw that. What was the conversation <laughs> well, about? Was it were a few cameras? I mean, was it? Hey, I need the ball. I can help us win. What was that about? Uh, man, it was. Uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna keep it between us unless my mic up tells the world. But uh, I was just telling him how much I love him. <laughs> <laughs> well, that was a good way to handle it. Gonna keep it between us. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's very uh, gentlemanly. I appreciate that. If the coach had gone down, which he almost did, I don't know. 
And a man that heavy and old, he easily could have gone down and broken his arm or a yeah. hip or something, yeah. had to be carted off in a cart. That would have changed the game. Yeah, you had a young 49er star carted off because he stepped wrong. Yeah, the old coach could have gone down and blown out his knee. And uh, Wow, that would have changed the game. Holy crap. Hey, could have died. Died of a heart attack your, right there. Your boyfriend's a lunatic. And a murderer. <laughs> <laughs> if you miss a scene. <laughs> Get the podcast. <laughs> I'm Saleya Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C. We dig into how money, politics and power shape government and the consequences for voters. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. We cover the stories behind what's moving money in markets and help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters every afternoon. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleya Mosin. And I'm David Gura. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Imagine you ask two people the same seven questions. I'm Minnie Driver, and this was the idea I set out to explore in my podcast, Mini Questions. This year, we bring a whole new group of guests to answer the same seven questions, including Courtney Cox, Rob Delaney, Liz Fair, and many, many more. Join me on season three of Mini Questions on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your favorite podcasts. Seven questions, limitless answers.